Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Today, well, tomorrow is a special day, and that is June 24th, 2023. We mark, we celebrate one year since Roe versus Wade was overturned changing the law of the land on abortion, allowing for state-to-state choices with regard to whether or not abortion will be legal or illegal, whether or not it will be more permissive or less permissive. That Supreme Court case was decided on June 24, 2023, was Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health, and it made a landmark decision that we will continue to celebrate for years to come because Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, two of the leading abortion Supreme Court decisions, made it so that it was very, very difficult, next to impossible, to actually implement laws restricting abortion prior to viability. And again, viability is a line that continues to change based on current medical capabilities. And then viability, just to be clear for those who may not know, is when a child can survive outside of the womb. And while a line might be drawn on the sand currently as to when viability is, it's also at times we hear of babies who are saved sooner than that as physicians fight for children's lives. So we're celebrating here at Relevant Radio. We're celebrating with you. We need to take a moment to just praise God and be overjoyed by the fact that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And we have a lot of work ahead of us to do today on the show. We're going to be discussing much of that work. I'm going to share with you an update on the state laws across the nation, what we're seeing in various states, the impact of those state laws. We'll also talk about the fact, the true fact, that abortion numbers are plummeting. We are seeing a plummet in the number of women who have had abortions, and this is good news. I think this data is holding strong. A little overview now, we are seeing in states that have passed radical pro-abortion laws that they have seen an uptick in the number of abortions in those states. However, it's because people are traveling from pro-life states to pro-abortion states. However, you have places such as Texas, where in Texas, The person often has to travel 4,000 miles at times in order to get access to an abortion. So these are wins for us. And here's the deal. Here's the bottom line. When a woman is turned away from, when a woman is turned away from having an abortion, what we see occur is incredible. And what we see occur is this. When women are turned away from abortion access, they often choose to have that baby. And at first, that decision isn't easy. But with time, what do we see? With time, we see these stories of lives being saved, of women having to choose life because abortion isn't available. We see this turn into a pro-life story of women who are happy they kept their babies. We're seeing the faces, pictures online of children who would not otherwise be with us today if Roe versus Wade had never been overturned. Praise the Lord. It is thanks to incredible efforts of prayer, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the constant year-after-year effort of pro-life advocates across this nation 
leading to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We're going to talk about what you can do to save lives later, different arguments we need to be able to engage in, understanding the impact today of modern radical feminism that tells teenagers, I'll make this really clear, teenagers that they need abortion in order to be equal in society in order to have a life and we are going to really bolster ourselves in responding to those arguments understanding the real feminine crisis today of the way the world is pulling at women to erase motherhood and fatherhood or at least create it at a time when it's convenient for them and often as we're seeing it's leading to a fertility crisis of many women who are not able to have children but the tide has turned and this is the time to get involved in pro-life work and if it's legal in your state it's time to fight against it if it's illegal in your state it's time to strengthen those laws and help support the pro-life culture within your state helping women who now have to choose life to choose life to embrace motherhood these are all things that we'll discuss a little bit in detail later on today and as we regularly do on trending things such as postpartum depression the impact that has on people choosing to have abortion things such as difficulty with bond with children all of those things are pro-life topics that build up a pro-life culture here's something really important that we need to remember as a society especially in a post-christian era and even many christians unfortunately think this way in general we tend to think that what is legal is moral and so for the last 50 years until roe versus wade was overturned last year the idea of abortion was considered well it's legal so it must be moral but we don't really use that terminology in modern day culture we say that something is right or might i say in language today okay that something's acceptable that it's okay to do that it's even right to do that. It's interesting because you have a lot of, uh, I would say, ambiguous terminology and language today where many people will refer to something as okay rather than moral or just or right. And I think a lot of people think that abortion is just okay. It's almost this neutral word used to say that, well, I'm not really going to give any moral or ethical debate to this, but I think it's okay. And I think a lot of people have thought that for a number of years in post-Christian society. But with Roe versus Wade being overturned, abortion is now not illegal. In fact, in the majority of cases in 14 states. And so what does that do? It calls into question whether or not people believe abortion is okay or right. So while we're talking about the morality of abortion, remember morality is often a topic discussed by people of faith. And we have to understand where that terminology and mindset is coming from as we engage this conversation. But now is the time, as I'm saying, the tide has turned and many states have pro-life laws. And so people are calling into question the normalcy of whether or not abortion is right or okay to them. This is becoming an issue where people are standing on one side or the other. And we are seeing fewer and fewer people standing in the middle. Many people who are standing in the middle are sort of having to make a decision, I think in a way that they didn't have to before. Many people who said, you know, I personally wouldn't have an abortion, however, I'm okay with someone else. They're being challenged in a very different way in our modern society on that argument. And they're being pressured in some respects by the pro-abortion movement to proclaim their stance. But the pro-life movement, we are there to help form and inform a strong pro-life perspective. And this is why it's a state-to-state -state legal battle, but it's also a battle, remember, for individual people and helping to win people to your argument. It's not about winning an argument, it's about winning a person. 
It's about saving a life. There's much ahead of us that we still have to do, but I really do believe that celebration, this anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade and that Supreme Court decision of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, this is a day to celebrate. And maybe you're seeing the change of human life being celebrated or the change of women's opinion on abortion, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you're on the sidewalks. Maybe you have an incredible story you would like to share of someone whose face you have seen because they were turned away from abortion. This is the hour I want to hear from you. The number is 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can also always share with me these stories and experiences online. On social media, just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, or send me an email, relevantradio.com forward slash trending, where you can catch this podcast along with others. Let's talk for a moment about the latest news in the state-to-state law and abortion rights. So I mentioned earlier, we essentially have 14 states with strong pro-life laws. In fact, there's a great map that was put out by the Wall Street Journal, and of course, their terminology focuses on abortion access, uh, obviously showing the skew and favor toward abortion. But what we see in this map, I think, is a real opportunity to celebrate. You see the colors across the map in the various states that have pro-life laws, that have abortion access, that have pro-life laws that are on the books that not are not being enforced. But here's the reality. Currently, we have 14 states with strong pro-life laws. Yes, can they be approved, improved on? Absolutely. This will happen with time, and we are seeing some of these pro-life laws already becoming stronger and erasing some of the unacceptable exceptions for abortion. The two most common exceptions for abortion that we are seeing in the individual states today are exceptions for in cases of sexual abuse, rape, and incest, or in cases where it's believed that abortion needs to be necessary to save the life of the mother from medical necessity. That these two are things that we arguments we can just knock on their backs because here's the reality in no circumstance ever is abortion ever necessary to save the life of the mother to treat her medically. And we have had countless OBGYNs here on trending discussing that specific topic. We have had these conversations with Dr. Ingrid Scott, who's a pro-life OBGYN who's delivered thousands of children and has helped do the aftercare for people who have had abortions when no one is willing to help treat them after. And she says there's never been a single case in her entire career where abortion was necessary to save the life of the mother. We also talked to Dr. John Buchowski, who has also worked with extreme cases of severe high-risk pregnancies, and he has never found a reason where abortion was necessary to save the life of the mother, to treat a mother medically. And he, too, has delivered thousands of children. He is a pro-life OBGYN, and he is another one of many. We've interviewed them. We've talked about them here on trending. And so I want you to know that when we see these exceptions that are unacceptable in state laws that are pro-life, we will and we can go back and fight, not from a religious perspective even, although our religion informs us to never fall prey to saying abortion is okay, but we can fight this with sound medical data to say that abortion is never necessary to save the the life of the mother. And we're going to link two episodes where we have talked to pro-life OBGYNs, delivery 
who deliver children and have worked with extreme cases of medical crises with women, high-risk pregnancies, and abortion was not necessary. And so I want you to know that, and I want you to be able to answer those arguments that people often make. And this is why nearly 9 out of 10 OBGYNs wouldn't even consider working in any type of abortion capacity because it is not true women's health care. It's not health care to begin with. It's not life-saving. It's not life-treating. It actually treats the natural function of the body as if something's wrong, and it damages the natural functioning of the body. And it's unbelievable that it's even considered medicine. It's not. And so we are setting the record straight. 14 states, again, that we celebrate with strong pro-life laws only to be strengthened further in the days, weeks, and months to come in a culture that has, praised the Lord, overturned Roe versus Wade. Now, we also have, at the same time, 14 radical pro-abortion states. We have states such as Vermont, Michigan, California, and others that are so radically pro-abortion, along with Illinois, basically unfettered access to abortion. And I think that it's important that as we're talking about these, that we consider the significance of the fact that people will travel from pro-life states to pro-abortion states to get access to abortion. And that is why. We need, if you are in a state where there's a strong pro-abortion law, that you are out in front of that abortion clinic, that you are speaking up, that you are helping to provide education for youth, that you are helping them to give get information about the abortion pill reversal. That's abortionpillreversal.com. Again, that's abortionpillreversal.com. I think that's a really important uh, connection to make and to have as a resource for people. We'll post the link to that as well, because if someone starts the chemical abortion process, which is the most common form of abortion today, making up more than one out of every two abortions, if we can help people know that when they choose to have an abortion, they can change their mind. They can redirect and actually save that baby after the abortion, the chemical abortion process has already begun. And so those are resources we need to have. We need to be fighting in the states where abortion is legal. It is an opportunity. I'm here in the state of California, a radical pro-abortion state. And we need to be out there praying in front of the abortion clinics, not just when 40 Days for Life campaigns are occurring. Those are wonderful. But we need to be out there in front of the abortion clinic all year long. Whenever these facilities are open, whenever these businesses are open to kill babies, that we are standing there praying, that we are training to be sidewalk counselors, and that we are present and available to offer a smiling face. You know, even if you're a parent, you have children, you know, I've taken my children in the stroller to be in front of the abortion clinic and pray. You don't want to do so with caution. Again, you want to make sure that you have good, good, strong protection. I know there's a lot of animosity in the culture today, but let me tell you the faces of these young women when they look at a mom there with her children. That has a strong impact. Even if you're not ready and prepared to sidewalk counsel, to stand out there and pray, to smile and wave, to convict and even create the opportunity for women to see that could be me. That could be me pushing my baby in the stroller. That could be me, you know, standing out there holding my child. That maybe 
maybe that's what my little girl will look like. I wonder what my daughter will look like. I wonder what my little boy will look like. It gives a visualization for women who have made the choice to have an abortion, suddenly rocking their world as a last stand in front of that abortion clinic between that woman and having that baby who's about to die. These images, these examples of young people with their children in front of the abortion clinic, these, these examples of sidewalk counselors who care enough to say, I will counsel you, I will guide you, I will help to fill maybe that maternal role that has led you to be so broken that you are at the point where you're even considering having an abortion. We need full hands on deck in these radical pro-abortion states. So those are 14 radical pro-abortion states we have. We also have eight states where the law limiting access to abortion is not being enforced currently. Again, we need to work with our state legislators in those states. And nine states with no law in particular in one direction or in the other. And we have a lot of work to do. So you should know what, this is your homework, what is the current law regarding abortion in your state? And what can you do in light of that? Do we need more people in front of the abortion clinic? Do we need more people fighting legislatively? We need all hands on deck, but maybe you see how you in particular can fit into this fight for life. It might be within that the confines of working with your local crisis pregnancy center. Do you know which one that is? Do you know what needs they may have? We're going to be talking a little bit here on Trending to a young teenager, a young man who's in his senior year of high school, and he's going to share with us a little bit about a pro-life training program that has significantly impacted his life, that has strengthened him to be a pro-life voice, and how he's engaging in pro-life conversations, especially online, as a result of that. We need to support our pro-life organizations to help form and inform the next generation of Voices for Life. So we're going to be talking again today a little bit more about what we can do in this fight for human life that is so important today that we are engaging in. Although we're seeing abortion rates plummeting, I want to give you some statistics on this because this is fantastic news. Abortion rates are plummeting since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade just one year ago. Here we are celebrating this anniversary. Now, the Disney-owned polling website known as 538, they have tons of polls they do on all kinds of sort of topics. Uh, they have actually shown that they're looking at almost 25,000 fewer legal abortions between July of 2022, right after Roe versus Wade was overturned, and March of 2023. So just in that nine-month time frame, they're looking at statistics saying there are nearly 25,000 fewer abortions that have occurred. Now, this polling website 538 is known, again, I mentioned for its polling, but they've also noted that there has been an uptick in abortion numbers in states that have radical pro-abortion laws in place, even amendments to their state constitution. Now, some of those states include places such as Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Colorado, Oregon, and Nevada. Since the overturning of Roe versus Wade and since they've really passed or implemented via ballot propositions strong pro-abortion laws, they've actually seen an increase in the number of abortions occurring in these pro-abortion states. However, Here's what's interesting. Even this abortion-friendly polling site, 538, marks that that did not make up for the decrease in abortion across the nation. 
So although abortion may be up in states that are pro-abortion, that is because people are traveling from out of state to have their abortions. But don't be discouraged by that. I know it's easy for a moment to say, wow, women are still traveling and how sad that they're so desperate to travel to an entirely different state to fly even, to travel long trips, to stay overnight in hotels, to gain access to kill their children. But here's the truth of the matter. Although some are traveling across state lines, although some businesses are barbarically, barbarically funding abortion for people, abortion, quote, vacations for people, what we are seeing are faces of babies and their moms and the names of these children who are breathing, soon to be walking, today, because Roe versus Wade was overturned. Here's the truth of the matter. Where access to abortion decreases, the number of babies born increase. Babies who are saved from the throes of abortion, from the barbaric, life-damaging practice of abortion that damages a woman, leaving her without a baby, and with a dead baby. This is the truth. Again, where access is decreased, the babies who live increase. I want to share with you part of the report from the polling site owned by Disney 538. They actually complain about the fact that women who are seeking abortions in pro-life states are having to actually keep their babies in many cases. They say Texans are making 4,000 mile round trip journeys for abortion. Week, week long waits across the country occur in states that have access to abortion. So in other words, you can't just have an abortion that same day or within a couple of days, you're having to wait in order to schedule your abortion. This is good news. Can I just mark this? Because this is one of the tactics of the pro-life movement, stall Stall, stall. If a woman is considering having an abortion, the longer you can get her to wait to have that abortion, the more likely she is to choose life. This is why long wait times to find access for an appointment to an abortion is a good thing. Here's what 538 continues to say in their polling. They say one year after last summer's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, this is a new reality of abortion in the U.S. A thousand, as thousands of people are unable to obtain abortions in their home states or nearby, and tens of thousands travel farther and farther to end their pregnancies. That is to end life, in my words. So what's the news? The news across the nation is that women do not have the access they had before. Women are having to choose to carry to term and give birth. You know, some people are saying that women are being forced to give birth. There's no forcing a woman to give birth. That's barbaric language for us to even consider. Again, women who are pregnant consented to intimacy and those who didn't in the sad and damaging circumstances of sexual abuse we have to be really frank and tell the truth that when a woman has an abortion after having experienced sexual abuse it actually damages her healing after the sexual abuse women who have been abused have suffered a tremendous trauma and no woman should be given access to abortion as some solution to the problem. In fact, women who are trying to heal from the trauma of sexual abuse only experience further trauma and have a difficult time identifying with being the innocent victim they are if they have an abortion because they tend to identify with the child in the womb who is an innocent victim in the, in the 
entire situation of having an abortion performed. And so this is the bottom line. I have to emphasize it. Where access to abortion decreases, lives are saved. We're going to talk about this more here on Trending. We're going to talk about the tide that needs to turn. But here is what we're seeing. Names and faces of babies saved from abortion because of abortion being denied. A baby, I was just looking at a picture of a little baby boy named Kimsley who was born in Mississippi in January. His mother had to choose life because she didn't have access to abortion. Is it easy? No. But these mothers and fathers who have their children living and breathing today, many of them, most of them, their stories will change from a life being saved in our eyes to a pro-life advocate who will value and take joy and delight in their children. We'll be back here in Trending in just a moment. We'll talk to a young man, a young teenager, who will share his experience as a pro-life advocate and how being trained up as a pro-life voice has helped to make a difference in the culture in his own life. We'll be right back to talk about what you can do as we celebrate this one-year anniversary of Roe versus Wade being overturned and access to abortion declining across the country. And we're seeing over 25,000 fewer abortions that occurred just in the first nine months of that being overturned. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Today's the day we are celebrating the overturning of Roe versus Wade, a landmark decision by the Supreme Court making right what was done over 50 years ago in making abortion the law of the land in 1973. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health that was decided June 24th, 2023, has officially made it so that we can put restrictions on abortion and see women Women who are choosing life for their children. Women who are being denied abortion and who we are seeing the names and faces of their children. The names and faces of moms with their babies who are celebrating life. And just think about it for just a moment. Babies who were conceived, who would have been aborted in July, August of last year. We're coming up on one year birthdays. Birthdays where these children are literally walking this earth today day because Roe versus Wade was overturned. I mentioned earlier, if you missed it, you can catch the podcast later, relevantradio.com forward slash trending or wherever you catch your podcast. I gave an update on the state to state abortion laws, basically 14 states that are strong, pro-life, still room for improvement, and 14 states with laws that are radically pro-abortion. I gave ideas for what we can do in both of those states because we need a lot of people on the ground. Last year, when I had the joy of hearing that Roe versus Wade was overturned, I was at a pro-life leadership training program for teenagers in Southern California. And one of the young men that was there at the program was John Sariego. He spent the last three summers at this Vox Vitae pro-life leadership training program. And he was there a day, a historic day in his life as well, uh, that abortion was overturned. Roe versus Wade was overturned. And I wanted to invite him on to talk a little bit about how a pro-life training program has been helpful for him him and being a pro-life voice in a culture that 
is hostile to this topic often, or at least uncomfortable in discussing abortion. And to learn a little bit about the pro-life training program that he's been involved in, if you're interested, I'd love to share with you about Vox Vitae. It's a pro-life leadership training program for teenagers in Southern California. They still have spaces for youth to participate. It's not just pro-life, it's Catholic. It helps informing on chastity education, valuing your body, finding a healthy relationship with technology, social media, the challenge of porn, and helping to provide strong, healthy relationships for youth today. So John Sariego is joining me from Southern California. He's a three-year Vox Vitae alum from the Pro-Life Training Program. John, welcome to Trending. Hi, Tim Marie. Glad to be on the show. Now, I know you're a senior in high school. Congratulations on your upcoming last year of school. I want to talk to you a little bit about Vox Vitae. I know you've attended the last three years. Can you share with me a little bit about how this pro-life training program has helped you in interacting with others on difficult topics and finding your pro-life voice? Yeah. So Vox Vitae has helped me so much. Like I, I can't really describe how much it's helped me. Um, just the ability to eloquently articulate my pro-life beliefs in person and online with social media. So most of my in-person um, conversations have been with people that are mad and angry and, you know, they, um, they don't really, really want to converse about it. They're just angry at us for being there. Um, but what I've, where I've had the most, um, the most success is online on social media. So I have conversations. I just go to whatever social media app I can and I join servers and I join group chats and I say, Hey, I'm pro-life. Would it debate me or just have a discussion about abortion? And most of the time there's some people there that are willing to talk to me and I talk to them and I, um, usually I just whittle down their, their arguments to the basic fact that you, it's a human life. It's an innocent human life and it's never okay to kill an innocent human and um, they usually, usually it ends up with them saying, oh, that's, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that far, that, like that before. And they just kind of leave the chat and I don't really hear from them again. Um, now, I think that's actually progress because what that does, in my opinion, is it plants a, kind of a seed of an idea in their minds and they can choose to they can choose to water that seed by thinking about it more, by researching it on their own. Um, not many people will just have a complete change of heart and say, oh, yeah, you're completely right. I'm pro-life now. But uh, it, I think it's really important that we advertise the truth on this, this particular topic. Some people I talk to online don't even don't believe that I'm pro-life because they don't, they've never even come into contact with wow. someone who is very artic at, at least able to articulate the truths of the pro-life ministry. And um, I think that's really important that we all, that people get on social media and tell as many people as possible what we believe. 
Amen. John, I'm so proud of you. It's incredible to see how you are engaging with people on this difficult and sensitive and often uncomfortable uh, topic. You're providing opportunity for open dialogue, no judgment. And I love what you just said, that often people have not actually encountered a pro-life person uh, because they've not engaged the arguments and they don't believe that you're pro-life because they see how well informed you are that you care about women and you care about babies and i love what you said that at the end of the day every conversation you bring it back to the fact that that's a baby an innocent human life and whatever topics you may engage in whether it might be you know maybe it's rape maybe it's the health of the mother maybe it has to do with many other arguments that people engage in you name it population control that at the end of the day you're able to engage the argument respectfully continue to keep the person engaging with you and then bring them back to the fact that that's still an innocent human life well done and i love john where you mentioned you're planting a seed that many people and this is major progress john are saying hmm that's interesting it's a seed planted that you have no idea what life circumstance or what conversation they might to find themselves in where that seed you planted will influence and impact them down the road. I'd like to hear a little bit about what your peers think about abortion. Joining me now here on Trending is John Sariego. He's a senior in high school. He's also attended the Vox Vitae Pro-Life Leadership Training Program. It's an incredible Catholic pro-life program. It builds up teaching the Catholic faith, diving to pro-life apologetics. It addresses the beauty of femininity and masculinity, addressing challenges surrounding chastity, uh, really helping to build up understanding the value of our body, what happens when we take uh, sex outside of marriage, incredible topics on the most, I think, confrontational and important topics of the culture. And I'm so proud of these youth. They are being formed and informed to engage the culture today. So that's a Vox Vitae Catholic Pro-Life Leadership Training Program in Southern California. You can learn more at Vox Vitae. That's Vox, V-O-X-V-I-T-A-E dot org forward slash camp. So post a link on social media as well as to the in the episode notes. Uh, the camp is July 9th through 15th. It's a sleepaway camp and there are still places for spaces for teenagers to register and participate. Uh, John, let's talk a little bit about what's happening. You're a senior in high school and you are seeing on the front line what's occurring with the perspective and mindset on abortion. What do your peers think about abortion today? Yeah. So I'm blessed to go to a very good Catholic school, a private school, and thankfully their life is the norm. It's um, I don't have daily exposure to the pro-choice side, um, and it's it's really blessed that I'm able to encounter good pro-life teens there too. But I do meet people all over the place, and I meet find that my generation really falls into three categories generally there's there's the pro-life side and you that's pro-life is going to be extreme pro-life you know radically against abortion because it's obvious that it's wrong and you don't really find many people that are moderately pro-life and then you find your extreme pro-choice teens and they are you know very you they tend to be mad they tend to be, at just the world in general, 
obviously I'm making generalizations that aren't true for everyone, but um, they tend to be very, very against abortion. And then there's the moderately pro-choice side. And these, these moderate pro-choicers tend to be pretty uninformed and generally are only pro-choice because that's kind of just what society and popular culture really tell them to do. It's not mm. necessarily a decision of their own. They just think, oh, you know, everyone else, is, everyone else I hear about is pro-choice, so I might as well just fall into that category to, be, to fit in. That's significant. I appreciate you breaking down those three perspectives. Pro-life, then there's pro-abortion, but you mentioned that that's kind of the group that's jaded in some respects, mad at the world. Do you think that's in some ways due to the breakdown of family or the lack of God in culture? Do you think that's part of what's influencing their pro-abortion jadedness today? I'm not sure about that. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into why that is. Um, I just think really the the moderately pro-choice side is mm-hmm. tends to be uninformed and I'm not sure exactly why the heavily pro-choice side is the way it is. So jaded. Mm-hmm. Wounded. It's usually a sign that they're wounded. And I think that's an important reminder that when we are confronting this abortion argument, when people react viscerally, I always remind people, respond with charity, love, and compassion, and start asking questions because often there's some link to the broken issue of abortion or something broken within them that is leading them to be so viscerally in favor of abortion. You mentioned, John, the other group of people, the moderately pro-choice, who in many respects, I would call culturally pro-choice, you know, and again, we know that's not choice, but that's what they call themselves because the culture, as you said, has formed them to say, this is what you need to be a functioning human being today. And that brings me to another question I want to ask you. Do you think an overemphasis on career and achievement has impacted your peers' perspective on abortion, on having children, and on having children, in particular, the women in your peer set? I would say absolutely. I think that our modern society, our general um, culture has their priorities completely switched around. It's just backwards. Um, in my opinion, a career should have really two purposes. A career should work towards the general bettering of society and just making your community better. And your career should support your family. And those two things, I think, are really important. And popular, our, our society has kind of switched those things around. Now, society, now in, in society, culture or your career is more important than your family. Mm-hmm. And when you have those two priorities switched around, abortion comes into play. Abortion becomes a necessary, maybe not a necessary evil, but something that's needed to you you basically need to sacrifice your children for your career when it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's spoken so clearly. It's significant that you say that. And I admire, you know, you're a 17 year old teenager in high school getting ready to go into your senior year and you get it. And I'm proud of you to hear that you get the perspective on career. Career should be twofold. Yes. To better society, but to provide for your family and that we don't put uh, ourselves in the midst of a career and achievement ahead of that great value of provisions. We 
don't live to work, but we work to live, to provide a life for ourselves. And it's very difficult, I think, in today's society for men and women, but especially for women, uh, to see that children are a gift, that they are not a hindrance to uh, achieving and moving forward in life, but that we need to change our perspective on what achievement and human excellence are. John Sariego here with me on Trending with Timory. John, why should parents send their teenagers to Vox Vitae, the pro-life leadership training program that you've attended three years in a row and are now a leader with? Why should they come this summer, July 9th through 15th to Southern California? Yeah, so... I love Vox Vitae. I think Vox Vitae has really instilled in me a love for the pro-life movement and just a resolve to help in any way I can help. Uh, I think our duty as Americans and Catholics is to stay really well informed um, in our in all of the political issues so we can make in, well-informed decisions and educated decisions in our beliefs. Um, Vox Vitae is the perfect crash course for all things pro-life. Um, you learn so much. It's, I mean, I've gone three years, or I've gone two years, I'm going into my third year, and every single event that I go to, every single talk I go to, I've heard some of these talks two times, and every single time I hear them, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know any of that. And it's the analogy I like to use is I'm drinking from a fire hose. Every time I go, I drink a little bit more out of that huge stream of information. Um, and it's, it's the camp itself is really, really fun. It's a week long camp. Um, it's, there's just incredible sense of joy and community at the camp. Um, you can see a, so many teens in the morning um, just kind of praying in the, at the chapel. And this is early in the morning, too, just before breakfast. And let me tell you, if you see teens getting up in the morning of their own volition, you know it has to be important to them <laughs> because we need our sleep. Amen so, yeah. to that. You know, and I think that's important that you emphasize that because the program forms you in your faith. There's a daily adoration access to confession every day. We have priests on site helping uh, to navigate some of the difficult things that teens are going through. We have daily mass, daily rosary. So teens aren't just engaging in these difficult topics, but they're, they're praising our Lord and being equipped with the love of Jesus Christ to go out into the culture and to bear the light of Christ, to be pro-life voices, to build up a culture of life. John Sariego here on Trending with Timory talking about the Catholic Pro-Life Teen Leadership Training Program in Southern California, July 9th through 15th. There are still spaces available for teenagers. That's voxvitae.org forward slash camps. If you're interested, we'll post a link in the episode notes as well as on social media. It's worth it. If you're wondering what to do to help change the tide for the issue of abortion in your state, in your area, this is a thing to do. Support programs such as these. I'm excited to be there. Other incredible speakers will be there training and equipping teens. In the words of John himself, it's instilled in him a love for the pro-life movement and has helped him to meet his duty to stay well informed to confront the most difficult issues today. That's voxvitae.org, V-O-X-V-I-T-A-E.org. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. 
Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We are here at a one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. It's incredible. If you have been involved in the pro-life battle, if you are pro-life, this is a day to take a deep breath and say, praise the Lord. We mark the one-year anniversary tomorrow, June 24th, of the Supreme Court decision making right an incredible wrong in the decision of Roe versus Wade. We celebrate the decision of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health that determined that Roe versus Wade was unconstitutional, that it is giving us the opportunity now, state to state, to have a battle to fight for human life. I shared with you the current lay of the land in terms of pro, about 14 pro-life states, pro-life laws that can be improved on, of course, and 14 states that are radically pro-abortion, and then a little update on the other states, what we can do in those states based on what the law is in your state to help continue to push forward the battle for life. There's a lot going on, but we're seeing statistics show that there have been about 25,000 fewer abortions just in the first nine months after the decision of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Yes, some people are fleeing to pro-abortion states and going across state borders to get access to abortion. Even businesses paying for it. But we also have many people who aren't making that trip. And here is the truth. The pro-life movement for years has known that if we delay when a woman has an abortion, if we delay, if we get her to push off having that abortion, the more likely she is to choose life. And we know when access to abortion decreases, women choose life. We also know from even radical pro-abortion studies, such as a 10-year-long study called the Turnaway Study, that women, when women are, tur- are turned away from actually being able to have that abortion, that the further away from the abortion they get, the happier they are with choosing life for their baby. And that is significant. That's a significant win because what it says is that women have this gift for motherhood. Women are created to be able to carry children, carry to term, and raise their children. And here's, I think, something very significant that I want to just continue to really focus on as we're celebrating the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We are up against the one-year anniversary of Roe versus Wade. That means babies are born, were born a year ago, this week, and that those babies are just beginning to walk and run. These babies are crawling. These babies have names and faces. And I'm seeing pictures of these children. I am seeing names to these faces of babies who otherwise would not be here if you as pro-lifers had not fought to make sure we had pro-life Supreme Court justices, if you had not fought in front of the abortion clinic for these children's lives, if you had not fought in your state for pro-life laws, this is a day to celebrate And if you're in a state, maybe you're feeling discouraged. I'm here in California. It's radically pro-abortion. This is our opportunity because we know when a culture faces something that is legal, we tend to think what is legal is moral. But abortion is becoming illegal across the nation. And the conviction that abortion is okay is changing. I mentioned earlier that in a pro-Christian society in many ways, that people no longer talk about the morality of abortion. They might not necessarily even talk about whether or not it's right or wrong. It's whether it is neutral to them, whether it's okay or not. And we need to make abortion unthinkable in the eyes of modern day society. And that means we need to confront really difficult and tough topics. That's why I'm posting a link in the episode notes to multiple interviews I've done with OBGYNs who have delivered thousands of children who have worked with high-risk pregnancies and who have never 
ever seen a reason why abortion was necessary to save the life of the mother, why abortion was never necessary to allow for medical treatment for the mother. And I think that's very important that we have these tough conversations. The ones that make up very few of the abortions yet are the leading reason why people argue for legal abortion. And so I'm posting links to those episodes on social media, as well as in the episode notes, relevantradio.com forward slash trending, where I hope you will do a good, a little bit of honor to the pro-life people in your life by sending them a link to this episode and saying, thank you for fighting for life. Let's celebrate together. Listen to this episode. We are going to be talking in the days and weeks to come about how you can get involved in the pro-life movement because we all have a lot to do ahead of us. If you're in a pro-abortion state versus a pro-life state, uh, there are different strategies and tactics. You should know your law in your current state and really prayerfully discern where you fit into the puzzle of advocating and fighting for life because all of us need to fight to make abortion absolutely unthinkable. And babies today who are born because of Roe versus Wade being overturned last year, a year ago, this is what we're celebrating, those stories of lives saved will become not just life-saving stories, but pro-life stories pro-life families, pro-life advocates. I cannot wait until we hear it said, the words of young people, and one day, many years from now, as people start to tell tales to their children, when they say, I'm alive today because Roe versus Wade was overturned, and my mom was turned away from having an abortion, and I'm pro-life because I wouldn't be here today if there was legal access to abortion. I can't wait to hear those words said because people will be saying that in the years to come. Those children who are saved from abortion this last year are just starting to crawl, walk, and run. This is a miracle in and of itself. This is a significant time. We will see a cultural change because of pro-life laws. This is a moment in history where we will see because access to abortion has decreased, people are going to reconsider what they're doing with their bodies. We will see a decrease in promiscuity. We will see stronger marriages, more marriages. With hormonal contraception, with no-fault divorce, with access to abortion, all of these legal decisions made in our, in our country, we took babies out of sex with contraception. We took sex outside of marriage with contraception and abortion. We made marriage no longer relevant because we no longer needed parents to stay together to care for their children. And we made it so that we no longer knew the differences and purpose between men and women. We no longer celebrated motherhood and fatherhood. These things were erased. But now, with overturning Roe versus Wade, with pro-life states, with people choosing to keep their babies, with people not having the option of abortion. Now we have to put babies back into the gift of intimacy between husband and wife. We need to keep intimacy within marriage, and we're going to help people to rediscover the value of motherhood and fatherhood. And all of this is done through a celebration and an honoring of human life, of motherhood, fatherhood, and the God-given ordained plan for the family. Praise the Lord for this celebration of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and thank you for fighting for life.